Everything in life is a sale. Everything you want is a commission. Rise up. All right, I am with the one and only Tyler Hall. He is a self-proclaimed serial opportunist. Uh, Tyler, let's get right into it, man. Uh, I know my audience is excited to hear from you. Why don't you tell me a little bit about you, a little about your story, and all the shit you got going on right now here in Westbrook? Oh well, um, we don't have all day, so I'll make sure to hit the bullet points here. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I got started. Uh, I had my first job when I was in high school. I think it was sixteen. I had a buddy that. Um, his dad had a commercial property and wanted to start a restaurant. And so he wanted to do like a Thai restaurant in Gardner. And uh, he just had me go on. He hired a lady to, to run it. She was a Thai lady. Um, and he hired me to kind of get on. They hired me to kind of help her open the place up mm-hmm. and kind of just run as much as I can. Nice. Um, so I was on there, and that was my first job. I was doing everything. I was like the the waiter. I was the fucking dishwasher. How old were you? I was sixteen. Sixteen. So I was like the dishwasher. I was the cook. I was ev- like I was everything. Typically, what do you make? What you make a sixteen year old kid do? And work yeah, <laughs> right. And uh, I remember she started me off at seven dollars and fifty cents an hour, and I thought that was good because it was twenty five cents above <laughs> minimum wage. Hell yeah. Um, and so I worked that for probably about three weeks. And she, I remember I got my first paycheck and uh, it didn't go so well. I yeah. got like, my first yeah. paycheck was like a hundred bucks. Yeah. And I just got thinking about all the work I just did. And I just said, I'm not coming back. It, it, uh, it, it's crazy not to cut you off, dude, but it's crazy to be able to think like that in the moment at yeah. 16. Because you're not unique. I mean, I worked at fucking market basket you right. know stuff like that and i would cash yeah like a 160 dollar paycheck and it'd be like oh this is it's more money than i've ever made obviously it's right. my first job but yeah in hindsight dude that was one of the hardest like <laughs> manual labor jobs i've ever had yeah. and obviously the most the most underpaying job i've right. ever had so that that's obviously kind of foreshadowing you know everything you're doing now but it, it's cool that you had that insight at such a young age yeah i mean i just i remember getting that paycheck and she was the boss was freaking out because mm. she was saying it was too much money and Jesus. just because she was a startup she didn't have much money. but and i'm just sitting there like thinking about all the work i just did mm-hmm. and you know i was just like you know what i'm not coming back this is the last time i ever worked for anybody ever wow for the 16. rest of my life yeah good for you man. and i i haven't turned back since i've never worked for anybody else just always made my own paychecks. Never took another single penny from my parents since I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they we've always grown up without money, so I, yeah. I I knew that I couldn't ask my parents for anything. So that's kind of where it all got started. That, that uh, that's pretty common in a lot of the entrepreneur stories you hear. Yeah. You know, you don't hear many people who grew up, you know, upper middle class and continued to want to grind for some reason and right. start from the bottom and rise back yeah, up. Yeah, you so, don't see cool. that too often. Uh, but yeah, so that's kind of how I got started. I got started with a lawn care company. Okay. And, you know, I grew that pretty significantly for being 16 years old. I had like 15 clients at one point. Wow. Um, so I was making some good money, uh, but I was just using regular, uh, you know, push mower when I got started. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, I was doing the best work I could and people just kept adding on. Um, so I got that pretty big and then, 
you know, after there was this one time, I was also doing odd jobs at the same time. I was mm-hmm. doing pretty much anything people would, could ask me for money. So, were, like, were you in school? Yeah, I was still in school. In high school? Yeah, I was still in okay. high school, gardener. Um, and so I was pretty much just doing that, and I was doing the odd jobs things, and, you know, people would ask me to do, like, roofing and, you mm-hmm. know, gutters and all kinds of shit I didn't know how to do. <laughs> but I would just, like, I was so money hungry that I was just like, yep, yep. Yep, I can do it. Figure it out later. Yeah, and I would always give them a price. They'd say yes, and I'd have to do it, and I'd have to figure out how to do it. Um, but that was what I was doing back then. I was just throwing myself in positions I knew nothing about, mm-hmm. um, and I would just find my way out of it and make it work. So that's that's kind of how I got started. And I mean, did it always go that way, or did you truly get yourself into anything and like – I, I really don't know how to do this. Right. Are there was one time that I yeah. got myself in a serious fucking pickle. Okay. Like, <laughs> like this, like this, I didn't know. I was so nervous about this, but yeah. it was the most money I've ever made in my entire, like up until that point. Mm-hmm. So I was, uh, I think I was like 17 or 18 at this point. Mm-hmm. And I got this, uh, this client that lived on a lake. Okay. And they had never raked any of their leaves and, in their like the whole history of the property, so they wanted every single leaf on the property to be taken off. Mm-hmm. They didn't want it just brushed up and put into the woods because they lived on a lake. Um, so we had to we had to literally haul all these leaves off after we raked them. So um, kind of funny, but I had no I had a an Isuzu Ombre at the time. Mm, I don't know nice. if you know what that is, but it's like a sounds like a car that's not around anymore. Mexican S10 basically uh. is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I had that. And so, I, you know, me being me, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll just go ahead and throw all these leaves in there and I'll just take it to the transfer station. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it took me about, I think it was like two weeks to go ahead and rake up all the leaves. Mm-hmm. with, And I was hiring my friends for 10 bucks an hour, which is more than minimum wage. So I yep. was pumped about that. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, so I, I started, you know, hiring all my friends to help me out. And we, we got all the leaves raked up. And then it came down to like, oh shit! Now what? How the hell am I gonna get all these leaves off this property? Yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't figure out for the life of me. I, the whole time I was like, the whole time I was raking, I was trying to figure it out. And that was like two weeks. I couldn't figure anything out. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I can bag them. Oh, I can take them in my truck. But I took one load in my truck. Yeah. And it was half of a pile of leaves. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> so Crazy. I was just like, I, I can't do that. That's yeah, yeah. just not, that's gonna take three years to do this. Um, so I remember I went home that night just brainstorming. I tried the whole bag leave thing. Yeah. I tried to bag them. Yeah, that was just absurd. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like one pile turned into like I just I, as soon as I filled one bag, I said no, I can't do that. So either. what is the customer thinking at this time, or what is like the so expectations? So they just on loved it end? because they were getting it cheap as hell. True, right? If True. they had hired a professional to do this, yeah, they'd yeah, be yeah. paying out their ass. Good point. But they're paying me. I think I <laughs> I quoted them at like forty five bucks an hour, which was huge for me. Right. I remember I sat there with them, and I was. They were like, "Okay, well, how much are you charging us?" And I had like twenty dollars in my mind. I'm like twenty miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. For two guys, ten bucks an hour. That's better than minimum wage. That's great. And then the last second, I just squeezed out like number came to mind. I just squeezed out forty five bucks. Yeah. You like start high, work low. Forty five bucks an hour. I said, <laughs> why not? And shoot, shoot your shot. Yeah, and uh, that's what I did. And yeah. they were they were thrilled. They're like, absolutely, go ahead. Cool. Um, so they were really great. They they knew we were like 
we weren't qualified for the job, but um, they just stuck with us. They would like make us lunch and stuff. So they were really cool. good customers. But uh, yeah, that night I was just I was racking my brain trying to figure out how the hell I was going to get those leaves out of there. Mm-hmm. And I was weighing over my head, man. I just, mm-hmm. and I knew it from the beginning, but I knew so that I wanted do? that money. So what I did was I went ahead and uh, the last minute, as mm-hmm. I'm driving to the job, still have no idea what, how I'm going to pull this job off. Right as I'm driving there. It just pops into my head. I'm going to use a U-Haul. Mm, good call. I'm like, I'm going to use a U-Haul. I'm going to fill the U-Haul with leaves instead of furniture. Yep. And I'm going to haul them away to the to the dump. So that's what I did. On the way there, there was like a, a, a U-Haul shop. And I pulled in, grabbed the 17-foot truck, went over to the job, and grabbed the big tarp. Yep. So we didn't have to just like do little trips. Um, so we grabbed a big tarp, and we'd fill, you know, throw leaves on the tarp, and then hand carry them out you know over our shoulders just hand we filled that entire 17 foot truck top to bottom critical thinking and problem solving yeah so that was like the one job where i was just like i am fucking over my head back in back when i was that young well i was gonna say man that's (laughs) the thing it's like you're telling these stories and these experiences and i'm picturing like this 45-year-old guy with his crew who's been doing this for years (laughs) yeah dude you're a fucking kid you know what i mean you're no different than Obviously, you're different, but it's it's really no different theoretically than some you know some kid they found on the street. Yeah. Hey, kid, you want to make a quick buck and right. get these leaves? But you approached <laughs> it somewhat organized, I guess. Yeah. You're able to get a deal yeah. out of it. it. It it worked out in the end. You know? Totally. I don't cool. know how the customer perceived it all. Um, Dude, that's how most. But I tried stuff. to keep it professional. You know, I, exactly. I tried to act like I knew what I was doing because. You know, that's just the biggest thing in business anyway. Totally. Yep. You, you know, you even if you don't have a fucking clue what's going on, if you portray the fact that you do, mm-hmm. uh, people are going to trust you a little more. And 100%. It's not to say that you can't go out and learn what you need to learn on your own time because yep. you definitely can. So what were you do? How were you? You said you built that landscaping business up pretty, pretty large mm-hmm. at such a young age. What were you doing for – like lead generation and how are you finding these people so I, and more I importantly in, retaining these yeah, people yeah I mean I was into a bunch of different weird little things back then like uh-huh. I remember my <laughs> I put a little I put a little uh, uh, website you know the internet was weird back yeah. then now so you're 26 now right yeah so when was this like early 2000s 10 years ago oh yeah duh okay so yeah, mid to late two thousand. Yeah, wow. so I the internet was a little was a different weird time back then. Internet. Yeah, so it was like I was I was putting things on um, Craigslist was still around back yep. then, so I was definitely doing Craigslist. And then um, on top of that, I I was do- I remember I made a website on something called mm-hmm. like Mantra or something like that. It was some weird website where it was like it, you didn't have your own URL. It was just piggyback. It's a listing site. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like. Uh, it's squido, squido, okay. or something mm-hmm. like that. It was it had a squid as the perfect. <laughs> so just very weird, you know. And it was yeah. trash, but that's how I did it. But the funny thing is, is that back then, Google um, Google Ads was coming out. Yeah, it was like Google Google was pushing some of the advertisement stuff. And one time they sent me this hundred dollar credit hmm. to do some ads. And I remember I made a whole, I made this whole um, portfolio on on Google for my precision whacking website. That's what, that was the name of my company, precision whacking. Love it. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, I made a whole like portfolio on that on Google and I ran a bunch of ads Mm -hmm. and I remember I was second behind the biggest, uh, landscaping company in Gardner. 
Really? Yeah. So when people Google it, you know how it says like one, two. Like, oh, yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Um, yeah, I was literally number two. Nice. <laughs> on the map. So I don't know how I ever did it. You know, I just was a young kid just doing what I thought was right. I mean, it's it's a lot harder to do that now. Oh, <laughs> Obviously, sure. that's what I do for a living. But um, but yeah, man, back in the day, you you could get away with really the set it and forget it type of website yeah. and get rankings because competition just wasn't there. Right. There's a bunch of old guys who've been doing this since they were 16, yeah. you know, not for nothing. And, you know, they had their, their word of mouth network and that's all they're doing. Yeah, there wasn't much of a growth mentality, I no, guess, yeah, at that they, time. So well, especially a lot of online. people, they were the biggest companies on that list. But yeah. for some reason, they just didn't know how yep. to use their systems and I was number two. So it was really cool. funny, but, um, you know. Okay, cool. So I, how I did still that... literally, I still literally uh, get calls from that. <laughs> Google listing. Nice, dude. Still today, I never, t- I haven't touched it. That's since, hilarious. Since I was like eighteen or nineteen. So, so what? Where, where did we go from there? So you, you're, you're kind of thriving so, with yeah, the landscaping. Yeah, I was still doing the odd job stuff. stuff yeah. yeah, I was still into the odd job stuff, and I was doing that pretty heavily, doing pretty much anything anybody asked me for money. I was mm-hmm. just hungry. Um, so you've never, so like you said, man. Ever since that restaurant, you've never had. People nowadays are so tied to a a role and a title and this right. what do you do for work oh i work here or i yeah. do this this is what i do or this is who i work for right. you know you've just you know yeah, man, 24 I, hours in a day what can i do to maximize yeah that? that's literally what i was doing and i don't remember my thought process i mm-hmm. was just a stubborn kid and i yep. knew what i was worth i knew my work ethic mm-hmm. i guess at that point um and i just remember thinking that no one was ever going to pay me what i'm worth except for me Gotcha. That was like my main thing because I was looking around all my friends. Either most of them weren't making money at all. Yeah. And some of them, if they had a job, it was seven twenty-five an hour. Yeah, they're probably fucking. And here I am. I wasn't working for any less than twenty. Okay. So I, it just made more sense to me to mow a lawn for sixty dollars that took me twenty minutes than go to go to work all day for sixty bucks. Yep. So it's just uh, that was like my thought process, and I saw it with my own two eyes. So. I never ever thought about turning around and going back, right? Because I just saw the potential of if you can use your forty hours, yep. working for yourself, doing something that you enjoy doing, you're going to make a significant amount more money than if you were to go work for forty hours for someone else. And I can guarantee anybody that. So why do you think most people don't do that? Because it's safe. Yeah. You know, I didn't know when my next paycheck was coming in. Yeah. You know, I just. I was doing my best to the customers that I had. The way I thought about it was I didn't like to worry about money coming in. Mm-hmm. I just focused on the customers that I had and I was just running those customers the best that I possibly could. Yeah. And from that, doing the best job you possibly when you don't make it about money, the money comes in. Right. And, sure. and that's something I learned from a very young age. No, that's that, really powerful. Yeah. It, and it was something that I learned at a young age. I'm glad I did it because it's, I still use it today. I still don't think about money when I'm doing work. I just think about the customer that I'm helping yeah. and doing the best job that I possibly can. So it let, always works out. Let me ask you this. What was your support system like or feedback like from your parents or from your friends or so, from relationships? Because it's different, obviously. No, it is. A, and no one, everybody always made fun of me. Yeah. Everybody always made fun of precision. Well, remember, it wasn't cool back then. No. Being an entrepreneur wasn't cool it, back uh, then. Yeah, I mean, everybody thought I was nuts. <laughs> there was an Instagram. There wasn't, right. you know what I mean? You know, my parents, they don't. They never understood it. Okay. Um, they never understood it just because, you know, they had a regular job and they yep. had security. Uh, but even their jobs didn't create that much security. So, mm. um, you know, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to live that life. 
you know, yeah. right from the get-go. So I like, and then on top of that, my friends they would always make fun of me. You know, persistent whacking, big jokes about me. You know, like <laughs> yeah. oh cool. And then I mean, you did really, kind of walk right into that one. It was really funny, but <laughs> yeah. it was like, but the lifestyle in general is, and the lifestyle yeah. in general. But it was kind of funny because they'd all make fun of me, but the ones that made fun of me started working for me over time. No shit. And wow. they, I started employing them for more than their jobs were making them. So they started to like gain a little bit of respect for what I was doing, um, hmm. but yeah, I I create I, you know, I got a lot of slack from a lot of people. Even my girlfriend in high school told yep. me I was the biggest loser. I didn't have a job. I didn't yep. have a real job. Right. Um, That's the key right there. A real job. Yeah. And nowadays that 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 line's getting a lot more blurred now. I think going back to what I said earlier, I think it's because. Back when you were doing the stuff, whatever it is, ten years ago, it's not public. You know, there's people who make livings now. You know, guys like Grant isn't like these guys are not working hard, but guys like Grant Cardone and like sales trainers and entrepreneurs, Gary Vee, whatever right. it may be, Ty Lopez, which I know we can talk about later. Yeah. Um, they're building a following, and now it's 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 the cool thing to do, but it's certainly not easier to do nowadays. And that's where I think a lot of people are falling into that trap. Let, let me ask you this: Do you think the turning point was the restaurant? That first I, yeah, that just like it, I already knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, that's kind of I was trying to it. like convince myself while I was there that I was like running it. Yeah, because I was doing a lot of the running stuff. Yeah, um, but I at the end of the day I didn't control my paycheck. Sure, you know, and that's what burned my ass. At, you know, at the end of it, like at the end of three weeks, I thought yeah, <laughs> I thought of myself as being like the guy that was running stuff and creating this company and creating this restaurant and helping it open up. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, the lady on the other side of the desk was passing me my cha- paycheck, and Certainly. it was not what I aligned with myself. It wasn't what I thought I was going to get. Gotcha. Uh, what I thought I was worth. So right, that was like the last straw for me. I was just you know, nope, I'm done. Cool. Um, so yeah. Cool, man. So I mean, obviously, we you know that was whatever. You're in your early twenties. It sounds like I know now. Yeah, that was actually when I was in high school. Okay. Um, so how did you transition? So more? I, I know you do a lot of like uh, real estate and property management and stuff like that. Now. Yeah. So I so basically, uh, it's important for me to go to the next step. So okay. basically, I I was doing odd jobs during that whole thing, mm-hmm. and. I had this one guy, I had ads up on Craigslist, you know, mm-hmm. just young kid had ads up on Craigslist, which looking back on it, could have been bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Craigslist killer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just, uh, but I loved Craigslist, you know, it mm-hmm. provided me with a great living. Yeah. And, um, so I was doing a lot of odd jobs and one day, um, there was this one fucking horror week yeah. that I had where all of my equipment started breaking down. Mm-hmm. So I got this huge property, right? Biggest, biggest account I had received thus, like yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was I was getting paid over a thousand dollars per mo, because nice. it was like a it was a twenty acre lot in Augusta, um, right behind the the Amhi, which I don't know if you know uh-huh. what that is, but uh, it was the it was an arsenal building. Okay, and there was a company that owned it. And they hired me. It, the the grass was literally like three four feet tall. Mm-hmm. They hadn't mowed it in forever, and they called me. And I'm me being me, money hungry. I said, right. yeah, I'll do they it. They call you from the Craigslist ad. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Yeah, they called me from. The, I remember the day I got it, and I was freaking out because the guy said yes, and one of my best friends was there, and. He was like, dude, that's crazy. And I pulled up the map and I'm looking at the like the property and you know on Google so, Maps. And so before that, so what did he say yes to? Did he call for it? Did you basically have to pitch him and sell him on? No, he literally said, hey, can you do this? Yeah, okay. 
And cool. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. And here I am with a just a regular craftsman lawnmower mm-hmm. that it was yeah, literally yeah. just a house mower it wasn't right. a commercial mower and in a, in a push mower and a weed whacker and i said yes and i went to this property it was a 20 acre property and i was just like that was another one where i was just overwhelmed yeah because yeah. it was an that's a lot of that's a lot of a lot of, lot of mowing mm-hmm. especially because it was four feet tall so you had to go over it once, go over it twice, go over it three times before it's even knocked down to a – you're literally haying this place. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I reached out to a ton of people, tried to get it to get it hayed. Um, none of them wanted the hay. So I was just like – I had to – that was the first time I ever used a subcontractor on mm-hmm. something because the place was split in two 10-acre lots. So mm-hmm. I had him do the bottom acre and I took a cut from him. Um, and then I did the top acre and took the rest of the money. Mm-hmm. So um, – but at that point, I, I paid him a thousand bucks, and I paid myself a thousand bucks because I told I called the guy back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, being young, I, I called him back and said, "Hey, we're gonna need another thousand bucks. This yeah. is too much." And he goes, "Okay." Yeah. So I hung up the phone. So five thousand. Yeah, you probably could have. Honestly, <laughs> it was a lot of work. But, right, right, right. So basically, I I went through that process. Right, mm-hmm. the guy comes over, gives me a paycheck, uh, pays me for the first mow, and then he he started saying, "Yeah, go ahead and keep mowing it." Uh, so I kept mowing it, and there was one week where all my equipment just started breaking down because of that that job because mm-hmm. it was just so taxing on the equipment. Sure, um, everything broke down, and I'm sitting there. I ha- I have this money. I have the money to fix it, but I'm just I'm still. I, and then I go to this one job. This guy calls me from out of state. Mm-hmm. He's a mover, had a big moving truck, and just needed some help loading loading some items and he's like, I just need your labor. I said, all right, I've never done this work before. And he goes, no, no problem. I can, I can show you how to do it. It's really easy. So I said, okay, sounds good. So this is like during the week that uh, everything broke down. Yeah. So I go there and you know, I show up to this, uh, this truck stop and I see this black, he's like, yeah, I'll be in a black box truck. I said, all right, great. So here I am. I think I was 18 at the time, walked up, See this black box truck rolling. Literally the sketchiest fucking box truck I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I remember walking to this box truck like, oh, I don't know, this is a little sketchy. This but might be it. I mean, whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, whatever. And the uh, guy was really nice. I jumped in. He took me to this place. We we did the job. Took us an hour. He paid me. Uh, what was the work? Like, it was just a, We were just loading. It was like oh, okay, okay. moving work. He was yeah, moving yeah. there. So I was just helping to move some stuff in after like – I think it was – it took us either an hour, hour and a half or two hours. It was, mm-hmm. wasn't long and he gives me 250 bucks and I'm just staring at this $250 and I'm doing the math in my head. I'm like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, man, I, I make really good money doing this. I'm like, did you overpay me? Like what's going on? He's like, no. You're well worth your money. You did a great job. You didn't complain. Yeah. And that's when it just like clicked in my head. I'm like, I'm going to start. A labor-only moving company. Mm-hmm. You know, all I have to do is bring myself and my laborers to the job, mm-hmm. and we can get it done. Uh, I don't have to bring my equipment. We don't need anything but a fuel-efficient car to, to go over there and make money, good money. So instantly, I started precision packing, um, and it was I just, I branded it as college movers. So we were like, I was only hiring college students. Yeah, yeah. So it was like. Uh, precision packing college movers was was the full name right and 
I had started that, and I ran it all the way through college. I did did jobs all the way through college. Where'd you go to school? uh, St. Joe's. Mm -hmm. And uh, never really took it that serious. So what was the market like for that? Were you guys pretty busy? Yeah. The thing that I found over time was that people thought of hiring a mover as being like this huge, expensive thing. And, you know, I kind of got... Those people that are willing to pay for that are great, mm-hmm. but my company kind of captured those those people that didn't want to hire the big guys but still needed help. Well, I was going to say, was it? Did it kind of? Did you did you find it consistent with that two hundred bucks an hour that you got with the other guy? So not at the beginning. Yeah, not at the beginning. So yeah. at the beginning, I was. Um, so that is pretty expensive. Yeah, I mean that is pretty significant. But that that guy, I mean, he just, I mean, he was a long distance mover, so mm-hmm. he was getting a. A lump sum for the for the move. Sure. So he could pay whatever he wanted at that point. That's true. You know, it's whatever it was worth it to him. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I mean, at the beginning, I just wanted to make it cheap, very cheap for people. Yeah. And it was I started to learn that it was too cheap. Mm. Um, so so that's, what were you guys doing for marketing to find clients? So I ran. I literally at the beginning was a hundred percent Craigslist. Really. Yeah, it was a hundred percent crazy, and that's that's all inbound. I mean, that's people going yeah. to find you. Those people, mm-hmm. those people are calling me, you know. And I was the guy. I was on, you know, ninety five percent of the jobs, doing them all myself. Yeah, uh, because you know, there's a lot of liability in it. So I was always doing it myself and answering the phone call while we're on the next job or while we're on the job. <laughs> you know, I'd mm-hmm. stay in the truck and answer a phone call for a customer. Um, so we I, we really started to do that, and but I never really took it through serious through college. Yeah. But it paid for my college expenses. Um, wow! So when I graduated from from college, I was sitting on a three point nine GPA, mm-hmm. and I applied to over a hundred jobs and got one job offer with Liberty Mutual for sixty thousand dollars a year. Um, yeah, full full benefits. Mm-hmm. You know, company car, four hundred one k. Yeah, yeah. Um, Pension plan. They even have a pension plan there still. And so it was like a great deal, right? I just got out of college. So what made you go back to looking at something like that? So I went to college, right? right? And that's something I never thought I wanted to do. But mm. I went to college. Um, there was a there was many reasons why I went. Uh, I really didn't want to go. I didn't think it was a place for I, me. I'm, I meant going back to a more traditional job as opposed to yeah. You know so I mean? you said you applied to 100 jobs. Yeah. So I, I went to college and I went through that whole process. And you know, when I was in high school, I said I'm not going to college. Yeah. And then the second uh, everybody started asking me where I was going to college, I'm like, yep. I, I was like, all right, well. And I'm looking at my little brother. My little brother is essentially why I went. Okay. Um, cool. So that's essentially why I went because I knew he would he would follow wherever I went. Okay. And I wanted him to go to college. So that's great. That's essentially like the, the big push yep. that pushed me into college. So after, so I get to my senior year and I still wanted to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So I went to business school for marketing to be a, to be an entrepreneur. Cool. But then when I get to the end of my senior year and I'm going towards graduation, everybody's asking me like, you know, it was just the norm. Yeah, I yeah, see yeah. all my friends, you know, trying to get jobs and doing this and doing that. Well, I mean, that. it's still a sales job. I mean, are those the types of jobs you were looking at? Somewhat yeah, sales, salesy. I was, I mean, some I, control your own destiny. Aspect I got my totally. uh, insurance license when I was 19. So I was selling insurance for like life and health when yep. I was 19 in college. Cool. And so I was looking at a lot of insurance jobs and stuff like that. But uh-huh. it was, yeah, it was on mainly more salesy. Sure. Um, but 
uh, I was applying for some job. I wasn't applying for anything less than sixty thousand dollars. Yeah. Because I knew that I could at least make sixty grand on my own, mm-hmm. and I just wasn't going to sell myself short. Uh, but that was at like the top of what everybody, all my friends were signing oh, up yeah. for. Oh that yeah, that was like the top person made sixty thousand out of college. Hell yeah, yeah. Definitely. So it was like, but I that was like my starting point. So it's like it was a little unrealistic, but mm-hmm. um, you know I knew I could do. it. I had big goals, so mm-hmm. I was applying for jobs of like hundred thousand dollars. So I, I was trying to get into that just to start out. Um, because like myself and many other entrepreneurs or people that want to be entrepreneurs, they say, oh, well, I'll get this job and somewhere down the road, once I get some money, I'll go ahead and become an entrepreneur. I'll get out of my job and do it. Mm-hmm. But little do they know that's the literally the hardest transition they're ever going to have to make. Yeah. So the fact that I, I just, you know, one day I just said, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to do this job. So, so did you take the insurance job? No, I didn't. Okay. I, I just looked at precision packing uh, and I just said, you know what? No, I'm not going to do it. And I just – I literally looked at my brother that day and I said, fasten your fucking seatbelt mm-hmm. because we're taking off. How old was your, bro- was your brother? He um, Same thing, I guess. He is – I think he's two years behind me. Okay, cool. So he was still in college. No, he was in high school when mm-hmm. we started. So I was like, fasten your seatbelt because we're taking off. Mm-hmm. And uh, – he didn't believe me, but the next week after that, I just done a, did a bunch of marketing online. The next week after that, we didn't have a day off for 30, 32 days after that. On the moving? Yep. That's great. We moved every single your brother day worked for 32 with you, days. Yeah. Worked for you, with you? Yeah, and uh, we didn't have a single day off for 32 days, uh, pulling like 12, 14-hour days. So yeah. it was like – it was intense, but I got to see like the potential of this company. Yeah. So I had – um, my friends who were all still in college, some were out of college, some were doing, you know, and I just, I hired, uh, I hired, you know, I think it was like three crews. So we had six guys on all mm-hmm. the time. So we had wow. three crews going and, you know, we were, it was, you know, it was nuts, man. We were literally, literally doing work from Bangor to New Hampshire, mm-hmm. just going all over, like everywhere, just man. We were getting, all day. And at that point, I had uh, aligned myself uh, with U-Haul. Yeah. So we were on their website. So anytime someone goes through like the checkout process for a truck online, it'll ask them, do you need moving help? And they could click on our name and, cool. and hire us through their website. So we were getting a ton of work from them. And uh, so we were just running all over the place, but we we weren't. Uh, I think I was doing like one hundred nineteen dollars for two hours worth of work, and it was just getting to be a lot. Yeah, because we were young, we were professional, and well, you're we were, also running the business too, right? Right, I right. And you have all the behind the scenes stuff you got to worry about too. Yeah. So um, we were getting these jobs done in two hours, even though they should have. They were taking everybody else four hours. We were getting yep. them done in two hours, and we were cutting ourselves short. Because we just move faster, we're all college athletes, you know. So right. It's like we're we just busted stuff out, and it was hurting our paychecks at the end of the day. It was mm-hmm. the expenses were high, so I had to figure something out to do with that. So that's kind of where it went, and we 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 had, I think it was like twenty one jobs um, on Labor Day weekend that year. Wow, so it was like our first year, uh-huh. and we had twenty one jobs that weekend running three crews in just like three days. 
It's insane. <laughs> it was insane, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I saw, but at the end of that year, man, at the end of that year, I made $60,000 in that company in four months. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. And that's what I signed on. That's what I would have been signing on for for, for a, a year. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, Liberty Mutual. Yeah. So that literally had just opened my eyes up a whole hell of a lot mm-hmm. and just realized like what I could do with this company. And, you know, that's basically where I went from there. You know, I just grew the company, um, grew up from there and made a, made a bunch of money through that. And then, like you said, you know, I made a transition in my mind, uh, just this past in 2018, actually. Yep. Uh, in 2018, I made a transition in my brain where I was just like, I was still doing moving stuff, still making good money. But I just got thinking about this, the money I had in the bank and it wasn't doing anything. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any time to do anything with it. So I took a second and thought about it and I started doing a lot of research on like where the richest people in the world put their money. You know, because everybody in the in, in society today, this is all put in an IRA, put it in the stock market. You know, put it here, put it there. Mm-hmm. All of the, put it in a, in a CD or put it in a checking account or savings account. All of these things don't make you rich, right? And going back to what you said earlier, those are all just safe options. Yes, they're safe. Nothing's but that's gonna, where I'm not going to lose money. I'm not going to make. Go money. ask your parents where to put your money, where to invest your money. Yeah, go ask them. Mm-hmm. They'll sell you. They'll tell you the exact same 100%. thing I just said. Yeah. Now I asked my parents. They had no clue, so I didn't even yeah. ask them <laughs> because they didn't. They've never invested their money anywhere. Right. They've always worked for their money. That's mm-hmm. that's all they've ever done. So I couldn't ask them. Um, and you know, I just so I just took it to the books, man. I just did a lot of research on like, okay, I got this capital. I can make this capital. I can four x, five x, ten x this capital yep. in no time if I put it in the right places. Yeah. So I started doing a lot of research on like, okay, where do the richest people in the world put their money? And every single person I I uh, did research on, it all came back to real estate. Hmm. They all pour their money into real estate, and obviously do other things too. But for the majority of it, it they put it into real estate. So at that point, I'm like, okay, well, I'm sold. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now I got to find a place to wisely invest my money in real estate. Yeah. So I started looking around. Uh, I knew I wanted to get close to Portland because Portland has the highest rents in the state okay. for the most part. Um, there are so you were looking to buy – you were looking to landlord, buy rentals. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. Cool. So I started looking for um, – at my first thought because I was just a new – I was new into investing. I was looking at single-family homes um, mm-hmm. and I was looking for big single-family homes like five bedrooms, six bedrooms. Um, and I was just thinking, okay, well, I can just rent out the bedrooms to uh, college kids or my friends or something. So yep. that's kind of where I started was looking for single-family homes that were just bigger, and I could rent the, out the rooms by the room, uh, which isn't a bad thing. It's not a bad idea, but it's also not long-term sustainability, right? Right, Because mm-hmm. you're going to have more turnover in just a bedroom. Yep. So I started uh, – I remember I put my first offer in, and it was a single-family home with a um, an accessory unit above a garage. It was right on Lamb Street, Westbrook, and that was the first property I ever put an offer on, and I didn't end up getting it. I put a half-cash offer in, and I didn't get it. Oh. <laughs> Damn. I did not get it. And looking back on it now, though, the best thing that ever happened to me yeah. was that they turned that offer down. 
at the time, I thought the world was ending. Right. Because I was still new to the, the whole real estate game. Like, I was still nervous about it. It was a big step for me. But I said, screw it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I need to not be scared about this money. I need to put it in somewhere. Um, because, like, where I grew up, man, we just hoarded our money. That's what we did. That's what my family did. We hoarded our money because we didn't know how long we were going to have it. Right. So that's what I was doing at the time. But, you know, it was stupid to have that much money in the bank, you know. So, um, but that was the greatest thing that ever happened to me, man, was that they turned that offer down. Uh, so, well, I, so why do you say that? It's just Because I would have put um, – you think, think it was it, the right place? Yeah, I mean, I would yeah. have been putting like a like it was over a hundred grand, right? Like, yeah, one yeah, building, yeah. right, 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 and right. it was just a house. Yeah, you know, it was a single family house. I couldn't even like really rent it out. Mm-hmm. So it would have just been a nightmare, man. I would have made it work, like right. You know, I make sure I make like sure the work. leaves. Yeah, literally, like <laughs> right. everything I've ever done, I I don't know anything about it. Like I didn't know anything about lawn care. Yeah, I didn't know anything about moving. <laughs> yeah like everyone's like oh dude you're moving how'd you get into that i was like i just got into it i saw an opportunity to make money and i made it yeah so speaking <clears throat> excuse me speaking of real estate i follow um i like uh ryan serhant from million dollar listing new york and he has a really good book sell it like sir Ant. he talks a lot about you know choose success first and then figure everything else out later right. and everyone's the flip-flop i need a once i get a good job or once i get my raise right. then i'll be successful right you know, you're the polar opposite. And like you said, it's worked for you. I want to, I want to manage my own expectations, my own income, this, 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 and that. Um, say, he says, say yes to as many things as possible. You said yes to that crazy leaf job, no idea what the fuck you're doing. And you made it work. You said yes to dump, not dumping, but investing my money in real estate and obviously making it work. I literally knew nothing about real estate. Right. (laughs) So like I knew nothing. I was literally a mover. Yeah. Yeah. True. (laughs) Right, right. You knew I houses did. had walls and floors right. and ceilings, and people did, lived in them. Yes, I didn't know anything about real estate. I didn't know anything about moving. But I, you know, I can guarantee. Like this is one thing: is that people, they always talk about fear. Well, mm-hmm. you know, they're scared to do something. You know, because it's outside their comfort zone. Yeah, I've been to that point where, like, I'm like, oh man, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this. It's, I mean, I don't know anything about how can I be a mover. Yeah. I don't know anything about moving. But I started seeing I wanted a different life and I saw an opportunity. So just like I saw an opportunity from graduating from that that first job I had at the Thai place yeah. to graduating to lawn care because I saw I could make more money, to graduating to being a mover because I saw I could make more money, yeah. to graduating to real estate because I saw I could make more money. It doesn't matter what you're doing because you can learn it really exactly. quickly. Yep. You can and yep. you just have to throw yourself into it. And that's what I did, man. I do – like I was reaching out to everybody and their mother. Okay. I, I reached out to some of the biggest names in, in Portland mm-hmm. in terms of real estate. Mm-hmm. All of them – like maybe a few of them responded. And the ones that responded said, way too busy. Yeah. I can't do that. I can't be your mentor. Gotcha. Um, so throughout this whole entire process, I have – I still to this day don't have a mentor. Mm-hmm. I don't have anybody that I can look to and say, hey, man – Am I going in the right direction? What the fuck am I doing? What am I doing? Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. And I and I talk. I tell people like this all the time because now because I've gone this far without having a mentor, I'm starting to realize. Like I told myself that if anybody ever approached me and said, "Hey, can you help me out?" or "Hey, can you be my mentor?" I told I promised myself. I said I will absolutely do that. Yeah, that's doesn't great. matter how fucking busy I am. I will help that person because you've been on the other side of yeah, that. Yeah, because I've been on the other side. And if you have the balls, it takes a lot of balls to ask someone to be their mentor. 
it, like, it, it takes a lot of balls to do the stuff we're talking about today. You know what I mean? Just, and that's yeah, just part of it. It just takes yeah. a lot of I agree. courage to ask someone for help. Yep. No matter who you are. Yep. Um, so, you know, be, and especially being that young, you know, asking for help, asking someone you don't even know for help, it takes a lot of courage, man. So I said, you know, absolutely. I will absolutely help anybody who ever comes to me. If I have knowledge that they don't have, I will share it with you. That's great. Matter, That's perfect, man. Um, I mean, let, let me ask you this. I mean, kind of not to wrap things up, but just kind of, you know, pivot a little bit. There's going to be people who are listening to this who are either where we are now or where you were at 16, 18, 20. If you were to meet a kid or someone right now who you can tell is in the same mindset as you, not happy with what they're doing. They see this opportunities out there. They want to do this. What's some advice you would give them to help them make that jump, make that step? Just make the jump. It's that simple. It's literally that simple. It's go, the hardest part. Go. Would you say? This, I would say go to the go to a go to a place this summer where there's a cliff that you can jump off of, and, and you know, maybe you don't know, but you've seen people do it before. Yeah. Okay. So this is just an analogy that I give people that I mm-hmm. talk to. Go ahead. Go to go to this cliff. You've seen people jump off there before, so you know it's possible. Right. And they and they swam away, and they're all okay. Go to that same exact thing, and just go to the edge and look over. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be easy. You're going to sit there. You're going to look down at that water. You're going to, in your brain, if you don't do it within five seconds, your brain's going to tell you you can't do this, 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 and this, and this, and this. This is why you shouldn't do it. Don't do yep. it. So your brain's your brain is literally controlling your your whole body. Yeah. Like your brain tells you it's designed to tell you not to do something that it could be t- potentially dangerous or uncomfortable. That's what your brain's made for. It's made to talk you out of things that are going to make you uncomfortable. And that's just that's just psychology. That's yeah. literally – so go to the edge of that cliff, look over, and if you can jump on that cliff, if you can jump off of that cliff, you can get into business. You can do anything that you want. You just have to do it. Yeah, and you know, I I read this uh, thing one time, uh, the rule of five, mm-hmm. five seconds. You have five seconds to do something. So anybody can relate to this too. If you think about, if you just dig into a little bit more into your brain, you you can you can kind of control it a little bit. You can manipulate it in ways that it's trying to manipulate you. You can ma- manipulate it back. So right. one of these things is anybody can relate to this thing that I'm about to say, the rule of five. Everybody's been in the position where they wake up in the morning, and they're like, "Okay, well, I got to get up," and then you go back to sleep. Okay, everybody's been in that position. Yep. Okay, because it's easy. It's easy to go back to sleep and not have to wake up to the world. It is. Um, I know for a fact that I do it sometimes because, and I still do it because I have more shit going on in my life right now than I've ever had in my entire life. And none of it's easy. Right. <laughs> you know, none of it's easy. So is it easy to on a Saturday morning to wake up at, you know, 7.30 and say, oh, fuck. If you don't get up within five seconds, okay, if you don't make a decision within five seconds to get up out of that bed, you're going to stay in bed. Yeah. You know, that's just like – and it's called the rule of five. If you don't hmm. – if you don't – if you don't do or take action within five seconds of having, having the actual thought – your brain will 
try to talk you out of it. 100%. Man. And I'm just you, thinking back yeah, to like just decisions we make. Think about every decision you make every, every day. Decision. Starts with the bed, 100%. You know, oh, you know, I need to, I should make these 10 cold calls. I should right. do this. Uh, five seconds goes by. Five seconds. Now it's easy. Get uh, I'll do that tomorrow. Exactly. You now know? it's easy to do this. It's easy to do that. It just takes you away. And I think a lot of that also has to go back to how you envision your goals and, and even planning your goals and working towards something bigger. Right. I mean, I'm sure at this point you're self-motivated enough to act on those five second uh, opportunities. But for some people, I think it's if you don't know, I always say, you know, working without goals is like driving without a map. Right. If I don't know if I don't know why I'm doing this small task for my long term, I'm just not going to fucking do it. You're going to have a you're going to have a much less chance of actually doing it and doing it successfully uh, unless you know where you want to be. But that's great. man. That five second rule is perfect. And like you said, just break down, I mean, every decision you make from the time, like you said. Literally everything. Decision one, do I want to fucking get out of bed or not? Literally to, everything. You know, should I go to bed now or should I finish this sh- shit I know I have to get done and by what the is day? your life comprised Whatever of it may be. Exactly. Decisions. De- yes, decisions. Literally decisions. Yep. Literally everything you do. Doesn't matter what <laughs> – like even how you look mm-hmm. is determined by the decisions you have made. Yeah. <laughs> it is, dude. No, you're right. Like – you're wearing what you're wearing because you made a decision to put it on this morning. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know, literally everything that you do. And those little decisions, we don't know it every day. We don't know where they're going to take us. But let's say you walked into a restaurant and you were wearing, you know, you were wearing baggy sweatpants and baggy sweatshirt. Let's say you walked into that same restaurant and you were wearing a suit and someone across the room that could have been like a multimillionaire who was looking for someone that was professional. Sure. You know, just different situations like that, you yep. know. Um, so you never know what your decisions going where where it's going to take you. But even those smallest decisions that you make comprise your life. Absolutely, entirely. like Absolutely. even even down to the it, the decision of what you eat. You totally, know? literally, it, turn, it turns your body into something. Like it's just. It's kind of crazy. It I is, hear you. man. It you, is. You could dig into so many different things, and, and but, it's pretty easy to to see the the course of why people are successful and unsuccessful based on those small decisions right. that you don't that are so not top of mind every day. Exactly. Getting out of bed, going to the gym, eating this instead of that. And I think the key is consistency as well. You know, you can get up, you know, on a Tuesday and go to the gym at six AM, maybe you do it the next day, maybe you do it the next day. Okay, the fucking rock does it every day. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's why he's the way he is as opposed right. to someone else. Same thing with an invest a successful investor or salesperson or athlete, whatever it may be. I, I think from the people I talk to and, and you know research I've done, it's the, the consistency is the hardest part. But to your point, it all starts with those small daily decisions. Well, everybody wants to be the so it just cracks me up when people say, Oh, life isn't all about money. You're full of shit. Mm-hmm. You work forty hours of your life every single week yep. for money. Don't tell me it's not all about money. Right. Because if it wasn't all about money, you wouldn't work you wouldn't at all. You wouldn't do it. Yeah. You wouldn't work. Totally. What are you working for? You're not working for fun. <laughs> some <laughs> no. of us do. Hell no. But yeah. <laughs> some of us definitely, most of us don't. Right. You know, so it's like, what are you working for? You know, so that's kind of like, it, it, oh, is it money? You know, it's, it's, it is. Well, it's funny because I go back to, I mean, obviously this is a, a sales entrepreneurship podcast. I work in sales. And I work I, – I, I manage a team of a lot of new sell people who are selling for the first time. And the feedback I'll get is, man, like, you know, I'm just I'm just never going to be a natural cold caller. I can't see how people – some people truly enjoy doing this. Nobody fucking likes cold calling. Yeah, calm. I mean that's a whole different no, podcast. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you, if, if you run into someone who says, oh, you know, this is, this is easy. I like doing this. 
perfect. Ask them, you know, on a Saturday afternoon, do you want to go play golf for a couple hours or do you want to go sit in my bedroom and cold call business owners well, across the dude, country? Every, like, but you need it. You, you realize you're doing it to get to what you want to get from it, whether it be money or success or, you know, climbing a corporate ladder. It's just sometimes these small monotonous tasks aren't fun, but without a bigger picture, a bigger why, to your point, why the fuck would you be doing it if it wasn't for, for any, yeah, I mean, anything it, else? The reason why I brought up the whole money thing is that everybody wants to live the million-dollar lifestyle. Mm-hmm. They don't want to live the million-dollar lifestyle. Yep. You know what I, I mean? I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they want to have everything that comes along with it, but they don't want to – They live. want what you see on Instagram. Right. They think that the million-dollar lifestyle is just all fun. Totally. Right? You don't need to do anything. You wake up when you want. You can go – Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's not that way. No, to I be an it. entrepreneur, to be a millionaire, it takes work and grinding. Like the, the turn of the new year for me, 2019, I have not really slept that much. Yeah. I'm literally using – I will wake up. Get a lot <laughs> of energy for a dude I'm literally, sleep. <laughs> I'm literally, dude. Like I – the 2018 was a weird year for me. Like uh-huh. I was – the transition that I made from moving to real estate was completely different. Yeah. Like I promised myself I would not do real – like uh, would not do moving. Right. So I stopped moving completely mm-hmm. and you're talking to someone that has made all of his money and all of his time with his hands and his back. Yeah. Okay. So I, I – that's all I ever did was work with my hands and my back. So I felt – accomplished every day I came home. It's a little different when you have your money invested in places where you don't have to do anything to them. Totally. Right? So if you're just having a bunch of passive income, last year I made more money than I, I have ever made, mm-hmm. but I felt like I didn't do a fucking thing. Yeah. And it was a really weird transition for me where like, I was going through life and I'd get home at the end of the day and, and I'd just feel lost because I didn't do anything. But my money was out there working for itself, and I was doing things. I was just working with my brain on my back. Yeah. So it was a really weird, weird uh, year for me, where I was, I was constantly like this in this state of like I'm a lazy piece of shit, but I wasn't being lazy. You mm-hmm. know, I was doing things with my brain. Well, it was just different. Yeah, it was just a different type of right. work. But it's just know? weird how that that whole transition. It was a weird effect on me, and it took a long time to wear off. And honest to God, it still has it. You know, anytime I get a call from a, t- from a tenant that says, Hey, you know, something, I need this fixed. I always get excited because I actually go get to something to do today. <laughs> I don't, I don't have that quick satisfaction of getting something done real quick. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have that anymore. And that's something I've, I've made my whole life on it, you know? Right. So it was a weird transition for me, but it's definitely a better transition. That's great. Man. Um, so I mean, I'm waking up every single day and I use every single, every hour, like my brain's on high all day, every day. And a lot of people are like, dude, you're going to work yourself to death. But at the same time, man, what else? I'm working so that I don't have to work myself to death. Right. I'm right, young, right, right. 26 years old, and I know I can do it at this time. So that's why I'm like, I, I'm literally sacrificing everything, man. That's great, man. Like I don't go out on weekends anymore. Like I don't, it's just like, I don't. Was that a big lifestyle change for you? Is that something you used to no, do? No, I. I mean, I always used I, to I go in imagine. like the old port and stuff. I'm yeah. not. A, I don't drink. Right. Um, I don't drink or do any you know, substances. But right, right, right. Um, but I always tell me loved, you at least drink coffee and energy. No, drinks. I don't, dude. This is all natural. All natural, dude. Holy I've ne- I literally all I drink. I don't even drink soda, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I literally uh, all I drink the is clean water. entrepreneur. I just drink. Well, I wouldn't call myself clean, man. I just, <laughs> I just drink. I just, I genuinely just have never got. I don't want to do anything that's I'm going to get addicted to. Sure. Yep. So when I was younger, I, I saw my mother smoking and my dad yep. drinking, and I just remember thinking like, 
that's a lot of money you're spending on something that's just perishable. Mm. You know what I mean? The yeah. only the only perishable I spend my money on is gas and food. Right. That's it. Uh, I don't spend. You know, I don't go into the, yeah, I don't go into the gas station and buy cigarettes that are going to be gone in two days. Yeah. You know, I don't buy dip or I don't buy. I just always thought all of those things were super fucking weird because mm-hmm. you're literally getting yourself addicted to something, so you have to keep buying it. But if you never did it, you would never be addicted to it. Right. So it's like uh, I always found those things very, very weird. That is weird. Um, yeah, it's a Especially weird thing. Especially when you look at the financial side of it Society's too. Society's not going to – like they don't want you to say that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> it's just a different way Billion of Billion dollar industry. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> – Of course not. Society is just like they tell you those things are normal. They're sociable. Yeah. You know, yeah. They're – you know, drinking is sociable. It's a sociable aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never drank since, since literally high school. I've never drank. Mm. And – like it just never has made sense to me, and but I but the thing is I do love the party scene. Like I I love to see my friends having fun. I love cool. to see everybody having fun. I have fun when everybody else has fun. Yeah. Um. So I always have loved that scene, but uh, I you know I haven't been in that scene in a while because I'm so focused. I like sure. the more I add to like I used to be able to do everything together. Like I used to be able to move and then go out at night. Yeah. Cool. That's cool. I, I used to – it was great. But I'd be right back up in the the weekend, you know, Saturday morning. I'd be out 7 a.m. That's the thing. I, I, I picture you as a guy who doesn't envision a Monday through Sunday calendar. I don't. I don't. Right. Like people are like, oh, thank God it's the weekend. TGIF, like, it's fucking right? Saturday? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like shit, Saturday, February? <laughs> Saturdays – like I literally – the only thing I look at a calendar for is like just to see what I have going on that yeah. day. I don't – Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's really weird how if you live your life as an entrepreneur, you really don't see weekends mm-hmm. unless you have a unless you have a company that runs nine to five or something like that. But my company in my life is just all the time, and mm-hmm. I work seven days a week, twenty four hours a day. You know, I will, I've answered the phone call from a client at four a.m. before mm-hmm. because I just want to supply good service. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, is that you? You asked me a question about you know work life balance. Yeah. Honestly, God, I don't, I don't really have one. Mm-hmm. You know, I no shit. <laughs> you don't say. I, I really don't have one, and that's not for everybody. Sure. Uh, well, I mean, not for nothing. You know, I'll throw this out there. Your, um, you know, your personal relationship lifestyle is different than some people. I assume you're not, you're not married. You don't have any no, kids, no, or anything no. like that. So you are a true solopreneur right now. I am. Um, but not to, it, it, that's not saying everyone who's you know the most successful people they all have kids, they have families, things like that. Um, but I, th- I think to really kind of to to bring this whole full circle. I mean, I think the 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 basis of this conversation, everything I keep going back to, is maximizing twenty four hours in a day, or not even a day, just maximizing the time you're fucking awake and able to do things. Right, your free time, working towards your goals, your free time, exactly. You know, a lot of, I do a lot of motivational speaking and stuff too. Okay, um, and. The thing that always shocked me was like when I hold people to their goals, they get really upset about – they really get upset with me, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like I wouldn't be telling you – I wouldn't be saying any of this if you didn't tell me that that's the goal you wanted to hit. Exactly. Like if you tell me you want to make $100,000 a year but you're out there spending money on watches. Half and, of it, yeah. You know, I'm going to tell you straight up like, hey, you need to cut the shit. And mm-hmm. everybody always gets mad at me for that. It's like, mm-hmm. yo, shut up. What do you think? You know everything? So no, but I know where you want to go and uh, you're not going to get there doing it like that. Totally. So it's like – it's really interesting how that all that all plays out. But 
So here's the thing, man. We're running up on time. We need to get you back on this show sooner rather than later. I want to talk to you about the motivational speaking you have going on. I know you do a lot um, on personal development. I know you had a um, you had yeah, a trip man. with Ty Lopez. You've done all sorts of shit, man. Yeah. But the one thing I want to 100% make sure we do while we have you here today is um, make sure we can find out where people can find you online and find you on social media. Yeah, man. So uh, I do a lot of different things right now. I'm trying to create like a little empire online, which mm-hmm. is something that's new for me too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of all stemmed from the whole Ty Lopez trip. Um, I just learned that you know you can make money online and you can yeah. make money uh, – you know, I'm creating a lot of courses right now, so I created a – people can find me on mainreit.com. Okay. Uh, it's mainreit.com. And I'll put this all in the show notes too. Yeah, it's – Make uh, it easier. It's just main real estate uh, investment training. Cool. So it's like a – just in the same way where I've been through – I've gone through this whole thing by myself mm-hmm. uh, with no one to help me or no one to give me assistance or no one to tell me, hey, you're doing this wrong or you might want to do this. Watch out for this. Um I created a just an investment training program that people can take on. It's a course online, or you know, I always also have one on one, so you can call me every week or you can call me every day. Doesn't matter. Um, anytime you need me or anytime you need help, I'm there. So cool. I have that. Uh, people can call find me on Instagram, Tyler Hall Empire um, at Tyler Hall Empire. Um, you know. I mean, even if you wanted to, you could look me up on uh, Motivate Maine, which is a my motivational speaking uh, website. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, like I said before, anybody can reach out to me at any point in the day. If cool. I if they think I have information that they want to learn or knowledge that they want uh, to know, I'm an open book, man. My life is literally it, it's an open book. Totally. Like I'm I'm out there. I'm out in the public. Like. You can learn just about anything about me. Um, so, and that's uh, that's something that was new for me too. I've received more hate than I've ever received ever in this year, mm-hmm. um, just from like the most random people. Some of them, my best friends, you know, just for, just giving me hate for some of the stuff I'm publicizing because uh, I've never done that in the past. You know, I've yeah. always kept what I'm doing kind of close knit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I realized the more I well, I wanted to help other people, people need to know what I'm doing. Totally. Um, they need to know what's going on on my day to day basis, and you know the the risks that I'm taking, like this bank that we're sitting in today. I yep. took a huge risk on this, and I just, you know, that's stuff that people won't need to see. You know, um, so, because you know, if I'm going to be helping people in the future, they need to know where I've been, what I've done, and uh, kind of the risks I've, ta- I've taken to get here. So. Um, but yeah, so f- feel free to anybody can reach out to me and awesome. I'm, I'm happy to be here and come back again. Awesome, man. No, I mean, I came to you, but I, I appreciate your time, man. This is some, some incredibly powerful stuff that, that you were able to share with us today. Um, hopefully everyone took value of it and, uh, we will talk to you guys soon.